chapter 20, and then the second one is 1 Peter chapter 1, where we were this morning. We've been, for weeks now, uh, going through some Bible principles, and I'm being waved at. That means I do not have my voice on here. All right, how's that? Is that coming through? Loud and clear, I hope. All right. Uh, we've been we've been uh, looking at for for several weeks now principles principles that we that we live by that, that come from scripture and um, uh, a principled life is a life that uh, can can take changes um, and, and I'll tell you what folks we are living in an age where things change so quickly and they change quicker than I've ever seen them change uh, in, in my entire lifetime. Uh, and when you live by principle, those principles uh, can be applied to whatever comes your way down the pipe. And uh, that's, the, that's been the, the whole purpose of, of uh, uh, preaching this series is so that we can, we can grab a hold of and understand that uh, it, it's important to, to have scripture behind what we do. In other words, scripture ought to be the motivator, ought to be the, the reason why we do what we do and why we don't do what we don't do. Um, so many times, we, I think the Christian life is often just uh, pretty much just uh, brought down to just rules and regulations, do's and don'ts. Uh, that's all fine and dandy, and I realize that it ends up coming to that. But before you get to that point, you better have some scriptural reasoning behind it. You better have some things that are in the Bible that tell you and dictate to you what those rules and what those regulations are. Otherwise, all they are is just empty rules and regs, and we certainly don't want that. Uh, we want to know why we believe what we believe and why we do what we do, and that's the whole purpose and the whole thrust of this series. Tonight, the, uh, the principle that we're going to look at is the principle of holy living. Uh, not just clean living, not just good living, but holy living. And uh, if you would, let's all stand together. Leviticus chapter 20, we're going to look at one verse, and that's verse 7. And I'd like you to read it with me out loud together. In unison, if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, let them look on with you. Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 7. Let's say it together. Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Let's say it again. Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Now, if you would go over to, to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16. Verses 15 and 16. Verse 15 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it is our desire that our lives honor you, that our lives please you. I'm so thankful for the salvation that you've given to me and to all those that are here tonight that have trusted you as Savior. Lord, you gave it to us full. You gave it to us free. We have eternal life because of you. 
But now, because of that, things are different. We are new creatures in Christ. And because of that, there are demands that you put upon our lives. And one of the demands that you put upon us is that we have holy lives. And that we be holy because the God whom we serve is holy. We pray that you would help us as we, as we take a look at this principle in Scripture tonight. And we ask, Father, that, that you would pinpoint areas in our lives that possibly displease you, areas in our lives that don't reflect your holiness. And may we be willing to change those things. It may be things that we are doing that are displeasing to you. It may be things that we're not doing, and that displeases you just as, as, as much. We pray, Father, that, that you would guide and direct in, in this time together in your word. And God, may our hearts be fertile ground for your word and for your spirit as you work on our hearts. And may we say yes to you as you speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. It goes without saying, our God is a holy God. And because he is a holy God, he demands holiness of us as his children. And because we are children as believers, we belong to him he, he desires us to reflect his holiness. Uh, we don't have any holiness in and of ourselves, but he does. And we, we can allow his holiness to shine through us. Um, last night, as I, as I left the church building, uh, the, the moon was out in dress parade last night. It was gorgeous. It was just beautiful. It was, and I was... I was uh, thinking on this whole business of the moon and reflection, and then I walk outside, and that thing just hit me. Uh, it was very, very bright last night. And uh, I looked up at it, and uh, it's just as it was full and it was white, but it has, it, it's a, it's a, it, you know, it's just a, a dead hunk of rock hanging up in space. It really doesn't have any light of its own, but we know where that light's coming from. That light's coming from the sun. And the sun's reflective light caused that moon last night to shine so brightly. Well, as Christians, we should reflect God's light. And one of the ways we can reflect the light of God is by reflecting the holiness of God and having people see his holiness in us. To be holy means to be set apart, means to be different. Um, our lives should be distinctly different from the rest of the world and the way that the world is going now. Honestly, it's an easy job to be different. It's an easy job to, 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 to shine because if you've got any holiness in, in you at all, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb in this wicked world. Things are getting more and more wicked. And as they get more and more wicked, we need to be careful because the truth of the matter is, uh, the wickedness that is around us, if we're not careful and if we're not vigilant, that wickedness can have an effect on us. And it can begin to whittle away at godliness and holiness in our lives. And people need to see Christ's holiness in us. Now, what is holiness? Holiness is basically two things. It's number one, it's the absence of sin. 
There is absolutely no sin in holiness. But then number two, it's the presence of righteousness. It's not just the absence of sin, but it's also the presence of that which is right and pure and holy. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I did not plan this this way. Uh, in fact, didn't even really figure it out until I think it was later last. No, it actually was this morning. And I was looking over my notes again. And uh, uh, I saw really how the messages both this morning and tonight kind of coincided. And we were using a lot of the same scripture. Um, because of the precious blood of Christ, because of the wonderful price that, that uh, God paid in order for us to be redeemed and to have, have salvation, um, because of that, God says, listen, I'm holy and I want you to be holy and I want people to see my holiness in you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, I want you to look with me, look with me in verse, uh, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, and um, I'm sorry, not 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 6. Where am I at here? Let me get my act together. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 6, 12. It says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that, that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. And evidently in the church at Corinth, they were having a problem in that area, even among those that were believers. And he says, every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Now we get to verses 19 and 20, and this is clearly what the principle is of holiness. What know ye not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. And ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In other words, what, what God's saying here is, is that it very clearly is that our body is God's temple. Back in the, the Old Testament, the temple was the place where they worshiped God. The temple is the place where God dwelt. He did not primarily dwell in believers. He dwelt in a place. And now today, instead, he, he dwells in us. Uh, the, the, one of the things that they made sure with the temple was that it was always free of unclean things. Anything that God forbid, anything that displeased God was taken out of the temple. It was not allowed to go into the temple because that was the place where God dwelt. 
Now, according to Scripture, who lives inside of your body when you get saved? I did not know this when I got saved. I didn't find out about it until afterwards. But, but uh, I came to the realization because of what Scripture says that the Holy Spirit of God came in to live in my body and made my body his temple. He doesn't live in buildings anymore. You know, we, we often talk about, uh, about, about our, the church and particularly church buildings. Sometimes that's what we think of. The truth of the matter is we are the church and we are the buildings of God and it is us whom God lives inside of. And, and the person of the Holy Spirit lives in you. Uh, that means that he goes where you go and he, he, he uh, observes what you do and he watches how you use his house. And again, once you get saved, this is not your body anymore. And, and, and again, it was something I didn't realize until I read scripture and particularly this scripture I got a hold of this, these two verses early in my Christian life and realized, whoa, wait a minute, I'm not my own. Uh, I, I, I used to run things the way I ran things and did things the way I did things because I thought I owned me. But I don't own me anymore. Now I'm bought with a price and I'm owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. And because God owns me, uh, the, the body that he has is not, is not ours, but it's his and uh, what was the purchase price? Well, we saw that this morning in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. We saw that it was the precious blood of Christ. And, and that blood purchased uh, our, our bodies and purchased our salvation. How, how, how do you feel when someone misuses something that belongs to you? Uh, years ago, when we were in Green Bay, we were living in a duplex, and uh, you don't see too many of them around here. Not like you see them over there. They're basically, uh, what, what we had was uh, uh, two houses, one on each end, and then in the middle were the two garages that separated, and we shared, shared one big driveway. Uh, that one big driveway was fun for the kids because they could run their big wheels and, th and so forth around that, that big double driveway. And uh, Jared had a had a, a big wheel. He had uh, I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember if it was a GI Joe or just a regular big wheel or what it was. But it was it was a big wheel, and that was his pride and joy. I mean, he enjoyed it. The neighbor boy next door uh, hopped on it one day and took it and ran it into I think it was a mailbox or something, and just absolutely decimated it. I mean, just ruined it. And uh, I, I remember the look on his face uh, after that, that whole thing took place. Uh, the, you know, it was, there was probably some, some anger, but there was really just some deep hurt because he really enjoyed playing with that big wheel. Well, can you, can you imagine how God feels when we take the body that he has purchased with his own blood and use it for our own purposes rather than using it for his purpose and to, to honor and to glorify him. And because our body belongs to God, we should never do anything that would not bring to him honor and would not bring to him glory. So the principle is, is simple. The principle is simply this. Because I belong to God, my daily life should reflect his holiness. People ought to see 
the holiness of God in you. People ought to see the holiness of God in me because we serve a God who is holy and he has purchased us and purchased our body with his own blood. Now, there's, there's certain things that are true about a holy life that we need to, to recognize and realize. First of all, holy life is free from things that, that put it in bondage. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, look down in verse 12 with me, if you would. 1 Corinthians 6, 12. The Apostle Paul was stating this before he talked about the fact that, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In verse 12, he says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. Expedient means they're not the best thing that we could possibly do. Uh, yes, we can do what we want, but we should not do what we want. We should do what we should do. And, uh, and it says, All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And uh, when considering things that are, that are not specifically mentioned in Scripture, just, just ask yourself, will my participating in this thing uh, bring me under its power? Uh, will, will I become a slave? Will I become, will I become addicted to this thing? Uh, and there's, there's many things, you know, there's many things we can be addicted to, and it's not just drugs. It's not just alcohol and, and um, uh, drugs and so forth. There's all kinds of things that can, that can get a hold of us, and every one of us is different. What, what may be a temptation to you and a thing that would, would cause you to really waste time and to waste your energy and to waste your life might not be a temptation to me at all. And that's, again, that's, that's the reason why it is so imperative that we live by principles. Because those principles are true regardless of who we are and regardless of where our desires lie. And, uh, and if we have a holy life, a holy life is one that is, that is free. Uh, you go over to Romans chapter 6, and Romans 6 says that, tells us that we used to be the slave of sin. We're not the slave of sin anymore if you're saved. Before you got saved, you did not have a choice. You just, you just went down that road. Now that you're saved, now you have a choice because you can plug into resurrection power. You can plug into the power of the Holy Spirit. You can, you can plug into God's holiness, and he can live a holy life through you. That wasn't possible before you got saved, but it is possible now. And so we don't, we don't have to be a slave to sin. And, and, and anything can become sin to us. Uh, you know, just, just a, a leisure and recreation can become a sin if we, we love that more than we love the Lord and want to serve him. And, you know, the Bible talks about uh, in the last days, people will be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And any time that desire becomes more than a desire than, we, that we than what we have for God, then it becomes sin, even if it's in and of itself, not necessarily a sinful thing. Second thing about a holy life is a holy life is, 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 is a determination 
to just be pure and just be clean, uh, to walk in holiness is a, is a choice that we make every day. And we've got choices all day long. We can choose to get angry, or we can choose not to get angry. We can choose to be envious. We can choose not to be envious. We can choose to uh, look at something we shouldn't look at or turn our, our eyes away. We're starting to head into the summertime when uh, people think because it's, it's warm that that's the time to, to, to disrobe uh, in public, and then that's not the case. But, but those temptations are out there. They're there. They're real. And they're, they're choices that we have to make. And it, it, it starts by just having a determination to be pure and to be right and to be holy in the sight of God. Uh, it, it involves both our actions and our attitudes. It's not just what we do. It's what's in our hearts. You know, uh, one, what's becoming one of, uh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is, uh, is the Beatitudes in uh, uh, the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter, particularly in chapter 5. And I realize that that, that is a, a kingdom message and I understand all that, um, but it, it also addresses attitudes in life and that's really where, where all of the other decisions come from. And in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, he over and over and over again stresses the right perspective and the right attitudes that we have. And if we don't have those right attitudes, then other things are going to take over in our lives. And it's just like what, what the Apostle Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, all things are lawful unto me. But he said, all things are not expedient. In other words, it wouldn't necessarily be the best choice. Uh, you know, I, I heard someone say back years ago, the enemy of excellent is good. And you really, you think about it, that's very, very true. You, you have, you know, you have some choices that you can make that you can do, and they're not necessarily in and of themselves a wrong choice, but, uh, you know, or a sinful choice, but there might be something better, something more expedient that you can choose. Another thing about a, a holy life is a holy life is, is surrendering every day to the Holy Spirit of God who lives inside of you. The Bible makes it clear that, that, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He wants to be the driver. He doesn't want to be the passenger. I hate these, I hate these bumper stickers that say, God is my co-pilot. No, he isn't. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be your co-pilot. He should be your pilot. You should be the one driving the car, not the one riding in the passenger seat. And uh, uh, the, the, the problem is so oftentimes that really is true. He is the one riding in the passenger seat and we're behind the wheel. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a daily surrender and it's a conscious surrender that we, we realize that my body and my spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 6, it says my body and my spirit belong to God. Look at, look at verse 20. It says, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's, it's not enough just to do the right thing. It's also imperative that we have the right attitudes behind those things. And, and surrendering to God, can I tell you? Surrendering to God equals exceeding joy in a life. Uh, I've tried to do things my way. Uh, I was brought up 
uh, with uh, uh, music by people like Frank Sinatra. And one of the songs that he had was uh, I Did It My Way. And he's bragging all the way through the song that, you know, he did it his way. And it was his way or the highway, so to speak. Uh, and I'll tell you what, you want to be miserable, you just go ahead as a Christian and do it your way. You want to have exceeding joy, do it God's way. And, and he, that joy is a byproduct. So oftentimes, I think we, we really... We really fail because we, we, we try to get joy, and you don't get joy by running after joy. You get joy by surrendering to God. And when you surrender to God and you do those things that, that the Lord would prompt you to do, that's when the joy comes. And then the last thing about a holy life is a holy life will bring much glory to God. Uh, in this passage, it says, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God wants us to give him the honor. God wants us to give him the glory. And, and uh, he deserves that honor and he deserves that glory. And again, going back to scripture, it says in verse 19, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. He bought us. He paid for us. Uh, we are his. We are not our own. And in order to have fullness of joy, we need to surrender to him on a daily basis. So in closing tonight, uh, questions that we need to consider when it comes to a holy life. And I want you to just, just where you sit tonight, answer these questions honestly in your own heart and in your own mind. Number one, does the way I use my body please God? Is there anything I'm doing with my body right now that does not please the Lord? I remember uh, hearing a fella, uh, he, was a, he was a preacher slash humorist. And I wouldn't call him a comedian, but he was funny in, in, the, in the, uh, many of the things that he said. And uh, he made the comment, he said, I, I don't understand why a person uh, who is saved would smoke cigarettes. And he says, because why in the world would a person who is saved from hell want to smell like he's already been there? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good question, you know, that's a good thing to ponder. But that, that's true of, of so many different things in our lives. Uh, is there, is there any way that I use my body that, that displeases, dishonors uh, God and doesn't reflect his holiness? Secondly, do my thoughts, words, appearance, and behavior reflect his holiness? When people see me, do they, you know, we talk about, do they see Jesus in you? Do they see his holiness in you? Do they see an attitude that's free from sin, free from pride, free from envy, free from bitterness, free from, free from anger? Do they, do they see, do they see a, 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 an individual who, is, who has an attitude that's free from sin but is also full of righteousness? And again, we can't do that on our own. We can only do that as God leads us, guides us, and directs us and gives us the power to do so. The, the third thing, if, if I knew Jesus would come, 
while I'm doing a particular activity? Would I be ashamed or would I be uncomfortable? I remember when I was newly saved, there were certain things that I was doing as an unsaved person that I didn't know if I should continue doing them or not. And somebody, somebody gave, me the, gave me the suggestion that, well, what if, what if Jesus Christ was literally, physically standing or sitting right next to you while you were doing that activity? Would that make you uncomfortable because of the activity that you're involved in? And I looked at him and I said, well, in this particular case, and it was a particular thing that I had done, I said, yeah, I don't know that I'd be too comfortable. He said, well, then probably that's not the thing that you ought to be doing. That's a good, that's a good way to evaluate it, a good way to look at it, is, is uh, if Jesus were to come or if he were physically right next to you. Now, he's not physically right next to you, but the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Uh, would you be ashamed? Would you be uncomfortable? Fourthly, is, is what I'm, I, I'm going to do harmful to the temple of God? Uh, and I realize you can go to extreme on that thing, but are you trying your best to take care of the body that God has given you? And, and of course, that gets down to just some real practical stuff on a day-by-day basis. We've been, we've been made stewards, and the Bible says it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful. We're stewards of our bodies, and we need to be faithful with them. Uh, number five, will my action potentially put me in bondage to that particular activity? Uh, and will it become sin? Uh, will I become a lover of that thing more than I am a lover of God? And that's a good question to ask. And, and again, that can, you know, I've seen that happen with people with their jobs. I've seen that happen with people with sports. I've seen that happen with people with their families, where they put their family before God. And anytime any, anything, anybody, uh, any activity is placed ahead of God, then that's, that becomes a problem. And then last of all, will my actions uh, and or my thoughts bring glory to God, or will it bring reproach? I remember one time, uh, I don't remember the, the exact incident, but I remember the words. We were, we were uh, uh, asking the Lord to, to bless a meal, and uh, I was with Pastor Keck. This was many, many years ago in Green Bay. And, and he made the comment in his prayer, and I'll never forget it, and I've used it since then often. He said, he said uh, Lord, uh, may our attitudes and actions, and particularly the things we say around the table uh, this evening, bring you honor and not reproach. You know, I, I think many times uh, the things that we talk about, uh, the people that we talk about, the way that we talk about them, uh, does not bring honor to God. It brings reproach to God. And that's not holiness. God tells us that he, he wants us to reflect the holiness that he is. Uh, he, says, he says, be ye holy. Why? For I am holy. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, 
I pray that you would help us to take this subject extremely seriously tonight. Uh, Lord, this old world is void of holiness. Uh, It's getting more and more wicked every single day. We hear of shootings. We hear of despicable things being done in public and in private. And Lord, this world needs to have examples. Examples of Jesus Christ. The truth of the matter is you don't have a physical body anymore. You, you as the Lord Jesus Christ, are seated at the right hand of the Father. But you have our bodies. And if people are going to see the holiness of God, they're going to have to see it in us. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to see the reflection of what you mean to us, what, you, what effect you've had upon our lives. And we ask tonight that we would take this thing extremely seriously. Lord, if uh, there may be something that uh, we need to take care of that tonight just it, it just does not match the holiness of God and people do not see holiness, they see flesh. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you get a hold of our hearts tonight and help us to have just a, a desire, a desire to be holy because the God whom we serve is holy. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's